Okay. Hey, all you cool bear cubs and bears. I'm bringing it back because nothing seems to be working and I'm shifting the mojo around once again. But this is episode nine of season two of the Sour Grapes podcast with Amy and Etta. And as always, I am Amy and I am Etta. She is Etta. And we are here after another weird weekend of Baylor football, um, which we will talk about. I don't know. I don't know what this, I don't know what the, uh, the Sour Grapes podcast is anymore because I feel like every week is just us being a little bit angsty over the state of Baylor football and less so making fun of other fan bases, but we have got some material to work with this week, so yeah, we have a little we'll do bit. what we can. We got, we got some sourness this week. Anyway. Yeah. Edda, what, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight, you're going I, you know, against our plan. I know. I we agreed that we would drink something bubbly, but um, sometimes bubbles don't agree with my stomach, so I'm drinking a Malbec tonight. What are you? Drinking? I'm drinking the champagne that I opened yesterday and had like half of a glass of. I would like to Will say I that there is the bottle tonight. Who knows? I would like to say that there is leftover champagne from what I opened yesterday, but there is not. Did you, you shared though, correct? I mean, I think maybe sharing not sharing might be <laughs> generous to myself. I think you are. I think I did you share. are like, I didn't um, drink the whole bottle by myself. I think you are maligning champagne and what it does to your stomach without taking into account that Maybe one person is not supposed to drink an entire bottle in one sitting. Not that I'm oh, judging, no, no, no. because this is a judgment-free zone. No, no, no. This is not like a I feel sick. It's more I don't like how bubbles make me feel inflated. Oh, you know, yeah. You know how in Shrek okay. he gets, he's like walking with Fiona through the swamp and he gets the frog and like blows it up and ties a string around it so that she can have like a frog balloon? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what I that's feel like. That's you after champagne? Yeah. I mean, and the same could be said for, like, soda. I don't really drink soda That's very fair. often. But, yeah. I don't either. And so it does feel like a lot when I'm having champagne. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Ed is not a drunk. She's making a, well, who knows? Usually. Face. Anyway. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. Here we are. How was your week? My week was long. There, there's, there's been a lot. It of was work. like three months long. Yeah, it it was three months long. There was so much news not happening, but that I wanted to happen, and so I felt like I needed to mm-hmm. be tuned into that. And um, I had a lot going on with school and with work, and I worked like nine hours today. Um, but it's nice to have it be Sunday. How was your week? My week was good. It also felt like it was like three months long, even though it was like a fun week for me. Um, I did successfully execute the surprise on Graham and Todd and I picked him up from school on Wednesday and he thought someone had died in our family because we were both there. (laughs) And then he said, are we going to Universal Studios? And I was like, yes. Um, so I spent all day Thursday and Friday in, uh, in a special little bubble away from U.S. election news, and it was pretty great. And then, of course, the two hours that I didn't have internet on my flight home, we named a president-elect. So apparently, if I had just, like, shut off my internet the whole time, we might have had a president sooner. I don't know. I blame you. But it was really fun. And shout out to Shannon Layerly for um, getting this trip booked and helping me execute a flawless surprise. So I know that it's weird to travel in a pandemic and to go to a theme park, but I do have to say that Universal Studios did a really good job of like enforcing mask wearing over the nose and over the mouth. Like I saw them stop people walking around outside even 
And then all of the lines were like artificially longer than they were because people were six feet apart in line. So I felt good. Now I might have COVID in a week, but. Yeah, probably not though. Felt good. In the midst of it all. Yeah. Can't complain. Good surprise. Fun time. Did Graham love it? And then football happened yesterday. Graham loved it. But I, like, in my old age, all of the, like, virtual simulation rides make me so sick. Have you been to Universal? I don't. I have a lot of phobias that don't do well with um, theme parks. parks. And I also get extremely motion sick. So. Uh Uh-huh. That's me. Unless. That's me now, apparently. Unless it's a spinning ride. If it's a spinning ride, I am in. But like, if it is a roller coaster, it's fantastic, but I can't do roller coasters. See, I can do a roller. I can do anything in like open air. But when you get me in like a motion simulator mm-hmm. in front of a huge screen. Yeah. Like the Sim- there's a Simpsons ride that is that. Yeah. And Graham loved it. And I would have to sit there in the in the seat, like sweating profusely, closing my eyes, like praying that I don't vomit. And then I would get off of it and feel like I'm gonna puke for like an hour afterwards. Did, and we wrote that thing. Did closing your eyes help times. or no? Uh, it helped. It was better than open eyes, but it was a miserable experience. Yep. And I was like, Graham, you know I love you because I'm doing this even though I want to die. Yeah. So movies that have really shaky cinematography make me sick. And I didn't know this until uh, when I was in college, we went to see Man on Fire in the movie theater. And oh, yeah, it's with Denzel? Like, yeah, with Denzel. We went to see, what's the movie theater there just north of Walmart on Franklin? Uh, anyway, whatever that's called. I don't know. We went and I had to leave partway through the movie and go to the hospital because I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't see straight. I couldn't walk straight. And the doctor was basically just like, I think your optic nerve gets overly stimulated and you should just close your eyes or not watch movies like this anymore. So now I don't watch movies with shaky cinematography. Like, I've never been like this before. Todd and I went to... Disney and Universal for like a week right before we got pregnant with Graham and like I loved the Simpsons ride I loved all of these stupid simulation rides so I don't know if like childbirth triggered something I think we being should just older blame it on triggered the kids. something and then I also I went down a do I have a brain tumor rabbit hole which is fun and I still haven't rolled that out so who knows maybe you just but, have the same optic nerve issue I have I mean, maybe maybe that's Enjoy. the case. We'll go with that one. That's better than a brain tumor. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on to a happier subjects that hopefully don't involve me dying in the near future. Like, happier subjects like Baylor football yesterday. We are playing fast and loose with happy. You know... Yesterday was a good day. Yeah. The first half of the game was really fun. It was very fun. We were making things happen. Offense looked... I don't know, though, because I feel like I have... um, It's not recency bias, but I feel like I have, like, just uh, good things happening bias. And I think that I'm forgetting the fact that when we started out purely on offense, it wasn't necessarily fruitful. But we were able to make things happen from turnovers in the first half. Yeah. And I feel optimistic off of that. That's true. I don't know. I can't decide if I feel optimistic yet or not. I liked that I saw some flashes of what might be. Um, mm-hmm. And then... The wheels sort of fell off. But did the wheels fall off because 
the wheels were not secured or did the wheels fall off because one of the wheels got chopped off and then the rest of the wagon couldn't recover. Yeah, we're talking about Craig Williams, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was the turning point. Him mm-hmm. getting injured and going out of the game was the turning point in this game. And I don't know if it deflated everyone because it was like, oh, we were doing so well. And now this happened. Or if it was he was really holding the team together in terms of an offense. Or if, it, you know, all of the above. It could be everything. What what quarter was it when he got injured? I will be fully transparent and say that quarter. I was right. I was yeah. in fact, half in, tr- half out of the Baylor game. Full transparency. Full transparency. I, was, I watched it this morning. I watched it live, but I was also reading a paper about Martian volcanoes. So, as one does during as one does during a football Saturday. Oh, I also was jumping um, back and forth to other channels. So, yeah, there were some things going on yesterday. I guess yes. Um, so I would say that. The two things are likely connected. Craig Williams getting injured and the offense kind of stuttering. But I would also say that, like, it's not like we don't have other serviceable, talented running backs. And so I don't fully believe the myth that one player getting injured stagnates the entire offense. So from what I saw... We scored early on off of two turnovers. So a short field had Iowa State on the heels. And we were able to capitalize on that, which is not something that we were able to do against West Virginia earlier in the season. So that is a reason for positivity. That's true. The frustrating aspect is that no lead is safe and... It feels like once momentum shifts in the game, who the hell knows what's going to happen. I Or, better yet, you know what's going to happen and it's a crappy feeling. So I feel like this is maybe, this might be the theme of the season is that the score is closer than it felt. Like, especially... When they first started scoring and getting ahead, it just felt like a runaway train that was going to keep getting worse. Um, So the fact that we lost by only one touchdown feels a little bit like a win. Because I really felt like it was going to end up so much worse than it did. So I guess that will be my my happy thing for, for football for the week. Yeah, again, full transparency, I literally went to bed before the third quarter started last night because I was tired and I just figured I would watch the rest of it in the morning, which I did. But I just felt... uh, There was an ominous feeling. And I just felt like, of course... And I hate feeling that way because I'm the etern- I'm the girl who stayed in the stands in the 61-58 game after we threw the pick six. And it sucks to just kind of feel like, okay, we're going to find a way to lose this. And that's just where I am. And it might be self-protection in 2020. Like, I can't yeah. handle any more pain. So I'm just protecting myself however I can. And I would have been thrilled to wake up and realize that we had won, but I don't know. Okay, and so Charlie Brewer, because he is the quarterback and because he is the face of the program, is always going to get the lion's share of either a victory or a loss. And it is just the nature of the position and it is the nature of fandom, but... We saw something interesting last night slash this morning, if you're me, and that is 
a whole lot of the players coming out and just being like, I'm done with the Charlie Brewer slander. I ride with five. This is our guy. Get on board or don't, but like, yeah, the battle lines have been drawn. So I've been thinking about this all day because I saw this this morning. Um, and I, I have, I am fully willing to eat my words. I would love to eat my words because I have definitely said things aren't working. Let's try someone else. Um, but I do think it means a lot for the players who, who have aspirations of playing beyond college football to come out and say, he's our guy. Um, we support him. It is very much, you know, nobody's that ride or die in not at, not at this level of college football. Nobody's going to support someone that much if they aren't actually, um, worth it and doing well. And it has, I, I hate the word conspiracy theory, because but I think that's been like a theme of my brain this year and this fall is that it has me thinking all sorts of other scenarios of okay Charlie's not performing to the level that we know he can perform to the players are supportive of him so where does that leave us exactly right and I think that it goes back some to what we have been saying about our favorite visor wearer. Right. Well, and to be fair, there are a few different directions that this could all be pointing toward. That's true. The first one is um, is very generous and straightforward, and it's just that Charlie is the best option right now. We have a couple of guys who haven't played any significant amount of time of college football, and um, are we going to be better off throwing them into the heat of Big 12 play right now? Yeah. And my brain says they're like, we really have nothing to lose at this point. We're not going to, you know, contend for a championship or anything this year. But on the flip side, you consider the fact that Charlie's in his fourth year in the program. It's his senior season, technically, though he could come back next year. And you dance with the one who brought you. He's going to get a brought PhD. You, brought you. He's going to have to get a PhD to yeah. stay eligible, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it'll, it'll so there's that. Dr. Brewer the second on the Which, back of his jersey. <laughs> I mean, just just a, a master of, I don't, I don't know. Kinesiology. Kinesiology or something. Yeah. Sports management. I feel like that's what all my football friends did. They got masters in sports management. It's a pretty, I mean. Oh, they're doing it's well. what I would do. If yeah, I were, honestly. There. Yeah. Um, so that's one option and it's not necessarily a super rosy and optimistic option because it's saying that the gap or the disparity in play is so significant that we are going to be like exponentially worse off in this season, which is already meaningless. Yeah. And that's, that's very upsetting. There's also just the fact that he might be. Option two might just be the emotional leader in the locker room. And they all like rally that's... behind him because he's been a steadying influence. I mean, what I feel like feel? it's somewhat unlike. I mean, yes, I think he likely is an emotional leader in the, in the locker room. Right. I think it's unlikely that that leadership role is to such an extent that everyone is willing to torpedo their own performance capability just to follow him into battle there's leadership and dedication and loyalty and then there's idiocy and I don't think these boys are stupid and like Garrett McGuire is an equal leader 
maybe yes. even more so the leader, an aspiring coach. Um, and he's not a guy who's playing on the field. So yeah, I think I think that we can easily dismiss option two, which is that they're just behind him because of the emotional leader. Option three is that they feel like the offense is setting up Charlie Brewer to fail. And as a result, they are watching their teammate who has given everything to Baylor over the past four seasons be maligned by fans. And they are frustrated that nothing is changing in the offensive scheme. And that is a deep conspiracy because that is like, I mean, that is assuming kind of malevolence on the part of the coaching staff. And if you are at your third job in three years and you arrive and there is a pandemic that waylays success you might have. There certainly might be a temptation to find a scapegoat for your failures. I've never You're been saying. I'm not gonna say it because I'm. That's just mean. But I think it's. I, I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna say I think it's that option you, three. That the the thought is that a certain visor wearer on the coaching staff is purposefully keeping some things the same way and refusing to alter things to fit his personnel because that means that he can then just point at the personnel not having the talent to execute his plan rather than his plan being flawed. Yes. Took me a really long time to get there. No, I, it didn't take you a long time to get there. I think it it's hard to find diplomatic ways to say hard truths. Right. So, um, but that sort of ties in to saying mean things and when I saw these tweets this morning from these young men who were saying I'm so sick of seeing y'all come after Charlie I felt a slander. little bad slander, yeah, slander Charlie slander Charlie right um although isn't it technically liable if it's for anyway that's a whole other thing um this is legal uh, tor torts with, is it a tort, I think? With um, Amy Padgett Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I, I felt kind of bad because I, I mean, I have said it looks, like, it looks like there's something wrong going on. Um, maybe Charlie's not our best option. But I option, don't think that's unkind but i don't that's, think that's like spite well, or so then cruelty. i i got to looking i got to doing some research and finding some receipts and some of y'all are not very nice some of y'all say really yeah. awful things about people you don't know you've never played well maybe Cheer some for. of you have but i feel like the yeah. vast majority of you have not played college football certainly haven't played college football at the division one level um as a starting quarterback and y'all need to shut the hell up because there is a difference between saying i don't know that this is our best option maybe we should try something else and he's a washed up hack charlie brewer's no. trash charlie brewer's trash charlie brewer oh like, my gosh y'all are the worst and that doesn't just go to charlie brewer tweets I will say that um, Thumper's mom would tell him, if you don't have anything, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Don't say nothing at all. Yeah. If you guys want me and Amy to find your tweets and call your mamas and read your tweets to them, by all means, keep saying crappy things. If you don't, straighten up. I'll come wash your mouth out with soap. Also, 
it negates like valid criticism when you start making it an attack when you make it a personal thing yes. it undermines the legitimate concerns that you can have about Charlie Brewer and I think yes. that's a frustration of mine because people have somehow misconstrued criticism of Charlie Brewer's ability to throw the ball down the field with like Charlie Brewer not loving Baylor or Charlie Brewer not leaving it out on the field every time. I have never questioned Charlie Brewer's desire to win, his gamesmanship, his competitive drive. The kid is a flat out winner. He was great in high school. He has been great for Baylor. There are legitimate concerns about what he can do. And Jeff Nixon last year found a way to kind of get the most out of a Charlie Brewer-driven offense. And the frustration is merely... And and we are probably misplacing our frustration completely because we are placing it on college student Charlie Brewer who's putting his body on the line every year or every week. Um, we're placing it on him instead of like solely on the people who make decisions. Not everyone is doing that. A lot of people are rightfully questioning the fedora offensive scheme but like anyone who's like charlie brewer's a hack blah 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 right now you just look stupid because he is a winner and he has been a proven player for baylor and we're just not doing him any favors right now with what we're asking of him and of the offense the one-dimensional completely Offense. So I saw this said somewhere this week, and I, oh, I wish I could remember who said it because then I could go find it and read it because it would be a sour grape tweet. But somebody was saying that we have come far enough that we have higher expectations now, which is true. I mean, this isn't mm-hmm. 2008, whatever, where we're coming out of the dark ages, but that doesn't mean that we get to be entitled, selfish fans who act like Longhorns. Y'all straighten up. Yeah. And we go back to, at the end of the day, it's 2020. We are in a global pandemic. And nothing really freaking matters. At the end of the day, if I get to watch my team play football. And they are all healthy. It's a good week. Yeah. Yeah. I just want everyone not, to have fun. Not so much the case yesterday. Yeah, I just want everyone to have fun and... Make friends. Set themselves up for a career beyond football. Yes. Protect your brains, please. But I I mean, I also think it's fine for us as fans when we are five games in to completely recalibrate our expectations and realize... It's not a great year. It's not a great year to be a Baylor football fan. And And that's okay. Yeah. At the end of the day, my life isn't really truly impacted by whether or not Baylor wins on a Saturday. Yours is not impacted. No. We all have bigger fish to fry. Absolutely. The people in the locker room, the coaches who whose careers are based on this, like they have legitimate claims to having a week ruined by Baylor football, but we're all going to be fine, guys. And gals. This is an an inclusive podcast. I feel like when I say gal or guys, I'm being inclusive, but I... I'm probably not being politically correct this is there. Probably not professional, but I use y'all as my non-gendered pronoun in all professional communication. No, I think that works. I just say hey you y'all. Or you don't use folks, F O L X, folks. No, cuz that makes you sound like you have no teeth. Mm. Apparently that's very forward right now though. That the the using the X. Wait, if we say so, if you're pronouncing it folks and you're pronouncing the X, should it be Latinx instead of Latinx? 
I don't know. This is like Quixotic and Quixotic. I thought it was. I have very real disagreements. I thought it was chaotic. No, it's Quixotic. What? Whereas you say Don Quixote. But like a quixotic mission is one where you're going and tilting at See, windmills. This is one of those things where it's like I've never actually look, look, this I've never actually heard anybody say the word. I've only seen it written. We tied literature. We tied literature into this damn podcast again this week. I've never read Don Quixote. I haven't read it in its entirety. We did a little bit in my Spanish classes in high school. And we saw a play. But I always thought it was Quixotic also. That and then I think sense. in like 2000, I have, I have like a time hop post that shows up every fall from like 13 years ago in which I am lamenting the fact that it is Quixotic instead of Quixotic. It just sounds idiotic. Quixotic sounds idiotic. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I'm not saying it. I'm just not going to use that word. (laughs) Well, it's a lot like GIF and GIF. Like I say GIF stuff. I say GIF. GIF It's a graphical. Is a peanut butter to me. Right. It's graphical with a hard G. It's a GIF. But technically it's GIF, Etta. No. We reject your premise. (laughs) And we're going to say Quixotic from now on. And this has been a Quixotic little train of thought on our podcast. It's our podcast. We can Um, do whatever we want. I just, when I go back to the Charlie Brewer debate, I am continually reminded of the quote, I forget who said it, it might have been Teddy Roosevelt, but it was something about to say that there must be no, like, criticism of the president is like the height of non-patriotic thought, like, just, and, and I feel like to say that there can be no criticism of a Baylor player or of Baylor play calling or a Baylor game or a Baylor offense is, I mean, this is, this is the communism they've been warning us about. Like to say that we cannot be critical is a flawed premise, I think. But I, but to your point, we can do it without personally attacking people. And I definitely think that Charlie Brewer does not warrant personal attack. No. Nobody, well, there are some people who warrant personal attack. But I think you can personally attack people in a nice way. Like that. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. We we can just do a bless his heart. Oh, muffin. Oh, muffin. Um, And intonation means a lot because, oh, muffin. And all muffin are two very different things. So anyway, basically the crux of the matter is I want y'all to be nicer to our players, whether that is not saying that they're trash or not making fun of them or not jumping into their mentions if you disagree with their politics. Or Here's the thing. You can just not keep saying scrolling. that Preston Ebner... Oh, yeah. Oh, they're very Just bad at that. Just keep You don't have very bad to reply. At that. You don't have to interact with it. You can mute someone. It's great. Just do You it. can also acknowledge that a, a young black man in America may have a different experience than you do. Yes. A middle-aged white Baylor fan. The lived experience and okay. is probably totally different. And that's why it's a democracy. Totally different. Totally different. And also, Tristan Ebner has every right to defend Charlie Brewer, even though he allegedly quit. I do this with uh, air quotes on his team two weeks ago, because I definitely saw some people saying that they're not going to listen to the guy who quit on this team. And again, we should be able to have feelings and we should be able to have criticisms because this is America, damn it. And Tristan Ebner can have those too. But he also didn't quit wouldn't have come out if some people didn't just blab their mouths and and that's okay anyway the texas longhorns are on like a three-game winning streak 
No, no, it's a good thing. Is it? It's a good thing, Etta, mm. because as I saw someone post yesterday, um, long game. None of the Big 12 coaches want to see Urban get the job. So all of the Big 12 coaches are presumably losing to Texas for the sake of saving Tom Herman's job. And I wish that there were this kind of like um, camaraderie or teamsmanship among Big 12 coaches. I feel like... Because that would make me feel better here, about the Here's conference. what I feel like. If if this sort of compact existed, let's just pretend for a second that Big 12 media days happened this past summer and all the coaches were together. Maybe they have a text thread. Ooh, who do you think is the green bubbler who forces them to not have iMessage? Um, it's less miles for sure. Oh, for sure. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> oh, I love him. But um, bless his heart. but also, I want to imagine that this would take place in a dark Italian restaurant. Oh yeah, definitely one of the ones that has like the candle With, dripping like, over the wood Chianti paneled bottle. walls. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, but yep, it yep, has yep, like yep. the laminated plastic white and red tablecloths. Yeah. Uh huh. So uh huh. Anyway, they are all together. And they all agree, because Tom's clearly not there because he's at the Mensa meeting. They all agree right. that they're going to lose to Tom so that he can keep his job and we can all predict what's going to happen because, yeah. But And I like the idea that Gary won't do this because Gary's oh, yeah. like, there's no way. Hell no. Gary, no, not no. doing this. Gary's going to tell them that he's going to do it, but then he won't. And then Lincoln Riley is like, dude, nope, I'm OU. We have to make this believable. Yeah. So I have to beat him this yeah. year. I'm sorry, guys. I just, I can't go along with the plan. I can, I mean, I can. Poor see. Dave Aranda is new. He's at his first Big 12 he's meeting. He's sweetie and he's like soft-spoken. And he's a nice guy. He's just going to go along with yeah. it. And he's like, I, you know, I can't, I can't make my former roommate lose. Right. I like this idea. I know. I have I no too. problem accepting this idea. I also want to highlight the post that I saw in Surly Horns that said, it was something to the extent of, I have a typo here when I was typing this out, but it Where was something this? along the lines of like, on my, we made two Google Docs today. We were both like working independently, I guess, and we never meshed them together, but... Um, something along the lines of it's about time that we're on the benefiting side of bad officiating calls. Uh, oh no, weird, weird to be on the benefiting side of bad officiating calls, but we were owed. That's something that a Texas Longhorn Wait. fan wrote in 2020, the year of our Lord. A, a, a Longhorn fan said that? Not a tech fan? Mm-hmm. They never get the good calls, and they especially never get the good calls in Austin, which is where they were yesterday, as we all know. Y'all are even more delusional than I thought you were. That's... It's so good. Oh my gosh. I also waded into Surly Hoins this week, and I think one... You highlighted the misogyny. Mm-hmm. Misogyny and so much sexual objectification so much guys this is gonna shock you you, but women are people did you see the one where it was like two photos walking from behind and one was like a pair of like nubile young co-eds and then one was like a 60 year old woman from behind in like jean shorts and it was it was horrific. I did and I just think like, oh my god, I never want to go in public again if I know that assholes on the internet can take pictures of me from behind and like subject me to criticism for the world to see. I did not stumble across that one. Uh no, no. It was in the game thread. Yeah. No, lucky. I was you. just in the regular old Fire Tom Herman thread. 
um, which, you know, you'd think would be on a subject since it's talking about firing Tom Herman, but apparently even the topic of firing your coach isn't enough to keep you from being horny on Maine. So, anyway. But the big takeaway is that even if they keep winning, they need to fire Tom Herman. Because, I mean, it. he isn't winning decisively enough. Right. He's reached the peak of his recruiting capabilities. He might be able to get them to the Big 12 championship, but not win the Big 12 championship. Like Mac Brown. Very Mac Brown 2013 yes. vibes. And my question is, how would they know if he can get them there? So I think that certain things have to happen. They have to win out. Um, I, 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 honestly, I think that maybe they just have to win out to get to the Big 12 championship game. I need to further dive into this analysis. And you're the uh, the STEM girl, so your math may be needed here. But <laughs> they have already played Oklahoma State, who Oklahoma will have to play. Yes. Um, I'm all, they've played West Virginia. I'm only good at petty math. They've played Baylor. I'm not good at They're going to have math. to play Kansas still, which we know is not a given for Texas. Did you see the Kansas score this week, though? Because, damn. It doesn't matter. It's not a given for Texas. It's true, but... And they've played Kansas State, right? Because that's another, like, traditionally a game that gives them some Yeah, because they, they did not do well, right? I'm pretty sure they played in Manhattan. But they have Manhattan. not played Iowa State. Yeah, they haven't played Iowa State. They haven't played Kansas. So, honestly, I think that... Texas might be back. Might have a clear path to the Big 12 championship. In a year that doesn't matter. They do play Kansas um, in two weeks. So they even Honestly, have a bye week to prepare for Kansas. Even if Kansas can keep it close, that's the kind of chaos. Oh, they haven't played Kansas State yet. That's the kind of chaos that I need in my life. I think it was Oklahoma that played Kansas State already and lost. And lost to Kansas yeah. State. Yeah. So Texas has Kansas, Iowa State, and Kansas State. I think that if they win those games, they would potentially be in the Big 12 championship cuz Iowa State is 5 and 1 Oklahoma State, Kansas State and Oklahoma are all of and Iowa State are all ahead of Texas. Uh, this is I don't know, but but the bigger point is that I've never seen a fan base more upset about the fact that it is November 8th. And they're still in the running for a conference championship. They're they're mad about it. I would it's kill insane. to be in that position. Here, here's something else, and that is where the entitlement comes into that play. Isn't on our outline either of them? I don't think. And we briefly mentioned. Oh yeah, it. hit me with a surprise. Oh, I know. Uh, we briefly mentioned it last week, but the Aggie roller coaster. We were wondering, like, where. Where is the diving off point? It's still climbing, it's man. It's still climbing. The top of the roller coaster is supposed to be October. What is happening? I can't handle a, a oh, world. Oh, they're very much so thinking college football playoff. I can't handle a world where both Texas and A&M can be good in the same year. Well, but you know that it, like, really kills Texas. Because Texas A&M is doing better than them, like, objectively right now. That's true. And I think the interesting experiment would be if Texas won the Big 12 championship, 
and A&M somehow were in contention for a playoff spot, would all the Texas fans suddenly get behind Herman and be like, hell yeah, let's knock them out, let's keep them out? Or would they be like, no, 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 we want A&M to get in over us? A&M is in second in the SEC West. To Alabama? Yeah. So I went to TechSags today, and they are trying to do the calculus. Well, they put on my hazmat suit beforehand. Calculus, okay. I can't talk on this because and they are they're they are trying to figure out how they could get into the college football playoff, and the consensus is that they would not have two SEC West teams in because there will have to be the SEC championship. And right now it will be Alabama versus someone in the East. Currently Florida. Yeah. Who A&M beat. Yeah. And so they are doing those mental gymnastics and stretches to figure out how they can get into the playoffs. Would Texas Longhorns rather edge... A&M out of the playoffs then lose Tom Herman. Oh, I think they want to lose Tom Herman though, right? I know, but like if they were given the choice, okay, you can go to the college football playoff this year, but you're going to have Tom Herman next year. But you're going to keep A&M out of the playoff. Or A&M gets in the playoff but you guys fire Tom Herman. Maybe you get Urban Meyer. Maybe you don't. Oh, I 100% know what I would choose <laughs> if it were me. Uh, you've got to take the freaking playoff. Oh, absolutely. You've got to take the playoff if you're a fan. You don't let, you don't don't let, your, you don't let your rival's school go into the playoff. They are so bitter and angry. I don't know that they would choose that objectively. I'm going to have to do some reconnaissance this week. I don't want to have to talk to any Texas people, though. I don't even know. I like my Texas friends. I'll talk to them. I don't even know any Texas people anymore. All my Texas people have renounced their fandom. I'll one of them. I know one. I'll investigate this week. Actually, I know a few. I'll investigate this week. I'm going to run this scenario by a few people this week, and I will report back. This is the kind of reporting that you subscribe to Sour Grapes Podcast for. It's definitely this. (laughs) (laughs) As we both just devolve into convulsive laughter, it's fine. My brain has been scrambled. I think Edda dropped an F-bomb. I think she dropped an F-bomb To be fair, it, it was a D-A-F-U-K-Q? I don't know. It, D-A-F-U-Q? Mm-hmm. I, I think it wasn't, the proper spelling. It wasn't spelling. a hard F. <sighs> I really hope anyway. that my parents unsubscribed. No, we need every listener. There are dozens of you out there in Sour Grapes world. Pac-12 is back. They are. Pac-12 after brunch? A lot of their games were early this year. I saw someone... Week. This week. I saw someone ask today if USC is a title contender. So I think that's my question. When does the college football playoff get decided? When are we doing this stuff? Uh, Not I want to say December, it's, surely. it's like the week after the 12th of December. How? I don't know. It's like five weeks from now, right? No, that's like seven weeks from now, right? Because if you have four weekends in November and then two weekends in December, that's six. So it's, yeah, five weekends. So they're playing how many games? And how do you then decide a college football playoff spot? And how do you decide bowl eligibility? I don't know how anything works in 2020. So I think that the smaller bowls are basically inviting whoever the hell they want. Because this weekend... Air Force and Army got canceled, 
And I think I saw somewhere that the Independence Bowl was thinking of inviting both of them as a makeup game for their regular season game. Um, okay. So I think the smaller bowls are sort of doing what they always do where they can just like invite whoever the hell they want. But those bigger bowls have conference contract obligations. Right. So. And also like Baylor and Oklahoma state are still supposed to play December 12th. That's true. Right. For the second time, I don't know, Amy has like missed when... taking a screenshot of me licking a wine bottle. So, Well, right now, I'm too busy searching when the college football playoff show will even begin. Are they going to do that this year? Dear listeners, if you know, let us know, because we don't. Oh, it will begin November 17th. November? Oh, wait, the rankings. So next week. Next week. That's next right. week already? Oh. Not like this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. Yes. It's okay. I'm not having a panic and attack. I, just, I'm I don't know how you do that when the Pac-12 the Pac-12 will have two games under its belt. So I don't know. Don't know how you do that. Everything is made up and meaningless. Welcome to 2020. Mm. Hmm. My mind is a little boggled right now. My mind is boggled and I'm not like preparing for qualifying exams or anything. It's just a regular day in the Amy Paget household. Do you, and do you know what else happened in the I'm bouncing around in the pack twelve this week? Uh we're we gonna talk about cute guy. Yeah. Cute Amy guy. and I have a sweet face guy. Amy and I have a new favorite non Dave Aranda coach who we decided has a very kind face, um, but Carl Doral. Non-Dave Aranda, non-Joey McGuire oh, yeah. coach. Yeah, yeah, We got to add right. a lot of asterisks to this. Ast- Honestly, not Matt, non-Matt Matt Rule Asteri- coach, too. Asteri- Non-Evan Cooper. All of those. Asteri- all y'all. Asterisks. Asterisks. I think I'm putting too many. Sus- Non-Baylor-affiliated coach. Non-Baylor-affiliated coach. Anyway, Carl Doral. At Colorado, who didn't even have the job at Colorado until February, and I don't think met his players until June because of the pandemic and all the shutdowns and everything, came out first game of the season and beat UCLA, his former school. He coached there from, I think, 03 to 07, and Chip Kelly, and my inner person who still hates Oregon from the early to mid-2000s really took a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Probably more joy than I should out of this. Also, I'm really learning a lot about myself and how many sports petties I have right now because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of them. I hate Chip Kelly because he is so reminiscent of Gary Patterson to me. Oh, yeah. He's like... They look alike to me. You could tell me that they're related, and I would believe you. You could tell me that they're the same person, and I would probably believe you. You know that thing that does, like, the face mesh in, like, four stages? I Uh feel like we need that Uh between the two of them. I feel like we get Nick Pants involved here. (laughs) Or Jake. Uh, or Jake. Noted Sour Grapes listeners, Nick Pants and Jake. I don't know if Nick listens. I don't know if Jake listens anymore. Jake, if you listen, give us the signal. Or if you anyway. are not Nick or Jake and you're good at merging faces, let us know. Because I feel like we need this. They are at least brothers. Look, a quick Google tells me that nobody else has already done this, so it's a niche market that you can get in on on the ground floor. Right, and it'll be something that we use for years and years and years to come. I just like that your sports petty with Chip Kelly is, like, rooted in actual, like, fact and actual events, 
and mine is made up entirely in my head and I'm still just like embracing it fully. Yours is like, he going looks with like it. Gary Patterson and that's why you hate him? Mine is like, I had a dream that Todd cheated on me, so I'm mad at him for two months. Like, it's that level of insanity, but I don't care. There we go. You had a dream that Chip Kelly cheated on you? No. It's it's the same <laughs> level of, like, stupidity in my head. Chip Kelly probably would, though. He looks like the kind. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. Are we... Are we going to talk about COVID super spreader Notre Dame rushing the field against Clemson? Clemson minus Trevor Lawrence. So there's a big asterisk against that. Trevor Lawrence, who but also was win. not wearing a mask over his nose? On the field. Yeah. Although I read somewhere that he has passed negative. It's the heart yeah, thing. Yeah, he has to have like a heart scan before he can play, which good on Clemson. That's good. They should be doing that. I don't know a lot about hearts. They're protecting him. But it seems like a good thing. Um, but yeah, they first, my first thought, and this is like so sports petty, was um, your Notre Dame act like you've been here before. <laughs> like, why are you? That's bad. Why are also. y'all rushing the field for one? But then I also try to keep in mind that, you know, each it's 2020 and everything is made up and meaningless and we find joy wherever we can find it yeah that too but you aren't going there it wasn't but that's also a good point where i was going was that these are potentially college students who have not been to a bunch of notre dame games before and so they haven't partaken in big wins so to them, they haven't been there before, and they want to rush the field, and they want to feel that joy. It's also very As fair. someone who rushed the field during the 4 A&M game, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Granted, mm-hmm. we sucked back then, but I get it. Like I get, But also, we're in a pandemic, and I have seen the comparison of how is rushing the field any different than all the people going out and celebrating a certain political victory yesterday? And the point, I, I absolutely see the point. I will say the vast mm-hmm. majority of people that I saw out celebrating the political win were wearing masks and somewhat socially distanced. And the vast majority of Notre Dame fans were not wearing masks and Notre Dame not and were and were not far apart. I mean, it was literally right. just like a teeming amoeba of humanity in the middle of the field. And I hope there's not an outbreak, but I checked the Georgia Tech Georgia Tech um, bioscience has this interface where you can put in where you live and the size of the gathering you're going to, and it will calculate the probability that someone in the group that's gathering has COVID. And for a gathering that large in South Bend, the probability is 99.9% chance. So, you know, have fun with that. So I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> well, what's the probability of a gathering in Orlando at a theme park? I mean, were you two feet from them not wearing masks? We were all masked and like six feet away. I mean, I, it, there's layers of risk factors. You just, if you describe it. There are layers of risk. You describe it like And I think that what Swiss I would say. Cheese. The holes don't all overlap. Each each intervention right. is meant to prevent problems that arise with other interventions. You were far away from people. You were outside. You were wearing masks. I assume y'all were washing your hands. Um, they did it, like spray us with hand sanitizer before we got on every is ride. It risk, so that is like it risk everyone was less? touching the ride. It's not risk less. Is it no. high risk? Probably not. But I would say also, and this would be my hope for the Notre Dame student body, you've got 
two and a half weeks until Thanksgiving. Get tested. Maybe Don't isolate. infect your parents and your grandparents. Mm-hmm. 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 Go easy. So, like, my whole plan is we're not going to be doing any other risky activities before we see elderly family members. And before Christmas, we are going to not be in school in person for, like, a week and a half. Yeah. Same here. I, I think you just made my decision about going to Colorado this week for me. So, yeah. I, but also you weigh that risk against what you would potentially be missing out on. That's true. That is true. And for you, that's a different scenario, but... I'm sure that all of Notre Dame's student body is going to take this very seriously going forward (laughs) and isolate accordingly and get COVID tests before they go home for Thanksgiving, obviously. There's certainly none of them who think it's They're pro-life. They're pro-life, Etta. I mean, I would describe myself as pro-life. Pro-all-life. I would also describe myself as pro-life. So stay home, wear your mask. But I also believe that I can kill someone with COVID. Anyway, yeah. Welcome to Amy and Etta's Speaking epidemiology of pro-life. hour. <laughs> Remember that time that Sam set a trap in our house while Todd was working in the office while I was in Orlando? This is my favorite. That was the highlight of my trip. This is the highlight of my week is that Amy texted me on Thursday, I think. Thursday. And... I was stuck on a ride. Like, I was stuck on a ride, trapped on a ride that had broken down. And I got a text message from Todd with two pictures of kite string. Just, like, wrapped around. So our house, like, has a... It has a staircase, like, in the middle, and then everything kind of goes out around that. And you can make a lap around our living room, dining room, kitchen, playroom, entryway, living room, blah, blah, blah. She had wrapped kite string five to six times around the entire downstairs, like going around the living room, dining room, couch, staircase. In 10 minutes, Todd came out of the office after 10 minutes and found this and was just like, what? It probably only took her like two minutes. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she was like, I made a trap. I made a trap for Scooter. What did she do for the other eight minutes? I, Y'all I won't even discover. You won't even discover for another two months the things she did. I found pepperonis on the train table in our playroom. <laughs> I always joke because, like, I have done so much solo parenting. Did a seven-month-long deployment when I had a two-year-old and oh a, a six-month-old, and. I don't even know. I went on a six-week field course once and made sure my mom was here for five of the six weeks to take care of things. And even still, it was a disaster. I don't even know. Yeah. 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 But, so she sent me these pictures. And she and I was just like, like he was trying to do a job. Yeah. I was cracking up because I could just picture. I Todd. cackled. Coming out of the room and being like, holy hell, what happened? (laughs) What is going on? What's going on? His mom came over on Thursday afternoon. My aunt came over on Friday afternoon. She went to school Wednesday and Friday. Did you leave Um, meals made? Or did did Todd have to make meals? I left chicken pot pie from Costco that we had had on Monday. And then I left lasagna from Costco that we had had on Tuesday. I think they still like went to Brahms and went to McDonald's. And she had a lot of Lunchables. I left like 10 Lunchables. And yesterday when we got home, there were two. (laughs) So what kind of Lunchables? She loves the Lunchables that have two dark she calls them dark Oreo cookies, just regular Oreo cookies. And it's like turkey, cheese, processed cheese, and Ritz crackers. And she eats the cheese and the ham or turkey and the Oreo cookies and does not eat the crackers. 
I know. It's horrifying. I'm speechless. One, I hate lunch meat. Yeah. And lunchable lunch meat is like the worst. It's not meat, I'm pretty sure. Or it's like tongues. Well, you know, like the car. Buttholes. You know the Carl Buttig turkey that's like super thin sliced that's also not meat and has been pressed? At least. I don't like that. At least it's super thin. Mm -mm. But Mm. like the lunchable meat is like thick and ambiguous consistency. I like a good thick meat though. Baylor plays in Lubbock on Saturday for the first time since 2008. It's the butt bowl for sure. Um, It's the butt bowl. We are Um, now on Spotify in addition to um, our other platforms. iTunes, Apple, (laughs) Apple Podcasts. In case what's been holding you back from listening to us is that we're not on Spotify talking to you bambi uh yeah so give amy a follow she is amy graham paget and i am bayloretta i've lost 100 followers (laughs) this week come be my friend um she's bayloretta we are at sour grapes pod we do play in lubbock for the first time since 2008 on saturday at three o'clock in the afternoon which is better than 6 p.m that's true maybe we will win I'm hopeful. I feel like Texas Tech is equally sucky this year. So we'll see. I think we will be earning the butt bowl name this year. I'm just going to sing Peaches and Cream all weekend. Need a cousin to let them Yeah. Subscribe. Leave a review. <laughs> tweet us. Follow us. We don't always tweet politics, but when we, when we do, they're good politics. No. We will not. talk to you about our politics if you engage kindly and politely. Anyway. Amen. Peace, y'all. Have a good week. Adios. Adios, amigos.